Welcome to this episode of Apple at Work, the podcast all about Apple and enterprise, education, healthcare, and everywhere else. I'm Bradley Chambers, your host as always. This week, my special guest is Neelay Patel from Backblaze. Neelay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Well, you guys were in the news recently with with a new um, cloud storage option, uh, kind of as an alternative to Amazon, uh, Google, and Microsoft. Do you mind to talk through to our listeners what this announcement was about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, back in 2015, we launched our cloud storage service, a B2 cloud storage service. And it's been growing really rapidly since then as Customers are able to use our cloud storage for backup use cases, for um, uh, for storing their media, for uh, uh, developers who are building applications. And as part of that, um, it became more and more clear to us that partnering with other cust- other companies that um, that also kind of focus on these areas is really critical. And so, uh, one of the partnership that we announced a few weeks ago was with a company called Vulture. Uh, Vulture uh, provides various compute services that uh, that companies can use for bringing up virtual machines bringing up uh, managed firewall, uh, load balancers, and other types of infrastructure that uh, developers can use for building out applications along with RP2 cloud storage service. I think that's one of the trends that I've been still like I've been seeing over the past 12 to 24 months is this multi-cloud environment where, I mean, that was something that was talked about in, in the enterprise for many years of like a single window for all of your data, all of your services, and while that sounds great in on premise or on paper, it, it it really didn't always play out well because you you didn't end up kind of with the best of breed for anything, and then you also ended up with extreme vendor lock in, and most businesses kind of run from the vendor lock in, and and so this like this world where like hey you're going to have multiple clouds, how do you work with those? I think it's very very interesting, um, and, and obviously most of our listeners if they're not using B2, are probably very familiar with Backblaze from the consumer side. I think it's the absolute best um, backup service for Mac or PC. Uh, for, for just a couple of dollars a month, you get unlimited offset storage. So it, it really fits into my three, two, one backup strategy, uh, three copies of your data, two locations, at least one offsite. And, you know, even if you use, you know, time machine. So if you're a small business, even if you use something like time machine to back up your local data on your Mac, um, you definitely should have Backblaze. I think, especially if you're a, a small business with remote employees, like just spend the money to buy Backblaze for every one of your computers. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll never lose any data. It's fast. It doesn't impact your Mac's experience whatsoever. Um, it's just at the absolute best. But again, on the business side, I, I think there's still this need to, um, yeah, there is a lot of data in, in SaaS environments where you don't necessarily have to store those data, store that data. But again, this this world where you're going to have everything in the cloud kind of doesn't exist. You're still often going to have on-prem application. Um, so where does like B2 fit in a, in a medium to big enterprise in their tech stack? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when, when you talk about multi-cloud and best of breed, I think we are definitely seeing a lot of customers who are really uh, appreciating that, right? I think that, um, you know, certainly Amazon and, uh, you know, later Microsoft and Google have built out these large cloud cloud platforms and a lot of really large enterprises are gravitating towards them, meaning that all of the technology is getting more and more and more complicated. 
And so what, what, what's, what's nice about technologies like Backblaze, B2, and you know, Vulture, and some of the other partnerships that we have in this, in this arena are that the tools are best of breed. So the, you know, the, the vendors are single focused on, on making their little slice of uh, that infrastructure really sophisticated, but also easy to use. You know, uh, the the ease of use is, is so critical for so many reasons. You know, if you look at uh, if you look at uh, just simply bringing a new application up, right? If the developer has an easy to use environment, they're likely to be able to bring things up faster. And time to market, of course, is, is really important. But also, it it comes from a security perspective. Yeah, you know, there, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh, breaches uh, of data that's stored in big cloud providers like Amazon and Google. And when you, when it come, when you come down to analyze, you know, what actually went wrong, it's never the platform, right? Amazon and Google have really excellent security uh, and they aren't the, aren't, aren't the cause of these breaches. It's the configuration that uh, is so complicated that a lot of times isn't quite done right, le- leading to an opening uh, in their environment. So, you know, ease of use is, is not just, you know, wow, it, 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 you know, I, I, uh, I get, you know, I, I don't have to read so much documentation or it's easier, you know, to kind of wrap my head around. It really does provide that time to market. It provides that simplicity and security. Uh, and, you know, those things are really valued, especially amongst the kind of mid-market customers that don't have the huge teams to be able to, you know, uh, dive into the details. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Direct Mail for Mac. You're sending important emails to your team, but is anyone actually reading them? Direct Mail for Mac makes it easy to send engaging content and find out how it's performing. Top companies trust Direct Mail for Mac to send all types of important internal communication, like employee newsletters, project updates, training materials, and more. And here's why. Number one. Emails sent with direct mail from Mac send out from the crowd. They're attractive, they have customizable designs, and they look great on all devices without requiring any coding knowledge. Number two, built-in reporting shows you who is interacting with your emails, giving you the data you need to optimize your communication strategy. Number three. IT integration is incredibly easy with Direct Mail for Mac because it uses your company's existing email system, not a third-party cloud service. Even better, direct mail is a native Mac app, not a clunky web app. It eliminates an entire class of security threats. You can book a demo or get started with a free trial today at directmailmac.com slash work. Well, and I, and I think too, one of the maybe smaller use cases that I've experienced with B2 is some of your pre-built integrations. And, and again, so if mm-hmm. you're, let's say you're a business, five, 10 people, you, you really don't want to use a, a third-party cloud storage vendor. Like you, you, know, you don't want to use a Dropbox. You don't want to use Google Drive. You really kind of want to own your data, but then you also don't want to have to own your data in a way like the, the like it's if you're building floods or if it catches on fire, like your data is gone. And so your pre-built integration with Synology and some of the other um, um, so, you know, it's kind of small server NAS type products, I think is a really underrated aspect for the small and medium business. So again, because especially Synology, they've done a really nice job of providing those big tech alternatives to file storage. So you kind of want the Dropbox experience, but you want it in your own, you know, in your own uh, environment. It's great. But again, you've got to think like, okay, if something happens to this drive, we have a breaking, we have a flood, we have a fire, what happens to this data? 
And using a Synology or a QNAP, it's one-click setup with B2 and you're done. Your data is being backed up at all times. You kind of have this one-way sync. And I don't think people realize how critical the one-way sync is with backup storage, where it's not syncing. You're sending it to Backblaze and Backblaze is saying, okay, we've got it. And I think that's like an underrated use case of B2. No, you're absolutely right. And it, and it, and it, uh, having that kind of sync technology built into NASA's, you know, whether it's Synology NASA's, QNAP, FreeNAS, all that synchronize their data back to Backblaze B2, uh, definitely make the backup use case easier to implement, as you just, as you just said. But it also enables other types of use cases, which are actually quite interesting. You know, um, I mentioned at the top, one of our, uh, one of our kind of uh, uh, use cases for for B two is companies storing lots of media, specifically, you know, professional videographers and uh, even even uh, you know Hollywood type of uh, entities, you know, whether whether they're uh, you know pr- uh, production companies that are making television shows, movies, et cetera. And uh, having technology like CloudSync built into Synologies means that they can not only have that third copy out of B two, but they can also use it to distribute. Uh, so, you know, let's say you, you went out and did a shoot and you need to make sure that all the dailies are are uh, available for preview for, for example, executive producers and such. Having the Synology device synchronize that up to the cloud and then giving uh, private access to that, that cloud bucket to those executive producers allows them to review those dailies without having to, like, you know, ship them hard drives and other kind of uh, primitive ways uh, that were used previously. This week's episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Kanji. Kanji is an Apple device management solution built exclusively for IT teams or organizations that run on Apple. Kanji is a modern and cloud-based platform for centrally managing and securing your Macs, iPhones, iPads, and Apple TVs, saving IT teams countless hours of manual repetitive work with features like one-click compliance templates and 150 pre-built automations, apps, and workflows. What makes Kanji unlike any other solution on the market is they focus on automations. They do this by offering a growing library of pre-built automations and workflows coupled with a modern and intuitive user interface. They approach everything from the lens of how can we reduce the amount of time it takes for IT teams to ensure their Apple fleet is secure and efficient. So, key features. 150 pre-built automations powered by their macOS agent that automatically remediates even if your devices are offline, works with the uh, device enrollment program, you have App Store and custom apps, automated patching, managed macOS upgrades, one-click compliance templates, pre-built security controls, and again, built-in remediation. This year, Kanji secured a $60 million Series B fund to drive growth and innovation in the Apple enterprise management space. Kanji also recently launched Liftoff, a new feature designed to create the perfect first-day experience when setting up a Mac at work. Using Kanji Liftoff, IT departments can automatically take an unboxed Mac and set it up with the right apps, settings, and security controls in place before the user logs in for the first time. Request access Kanji using the link in our show notes. Thanks to Kanji for sponsoring this week of Apple at Work. Well, and and you think about kind of how our world has shifted in the last eighteen months or so. And one of the one of the use cases on, or like one of the customer stories I really found pretty cool on your website was with Fellowship Church, and and that's actually mm-hmm. the case is even a couple of years old. So that that's is all obviously all pre pandemic. But you look at the amount of data that like your average uh, 
you know, traditional U.S. base uh, church might produce in a weekend and just the quality of it. I mean, the the level of production that a lot of churches have done um, kind of pre-COVID, during COVID and post-COVID, that's kind of a tentpole part of their ministry is the online experience. And 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 it's obviously, it's um, not trying to make it a, a concert, but like, you know, get high quality, uh, able to be archived. And their, their use case and the amount of data that they um, were storing, that they were then, again, like able to kind of like augment their backup system, augment some of their distribution with B2 is really, really cool. And again, I can even imagine the amount of data they're producing now versus in 2017 has just continued to go up. And I, and I think from a cost perspective, um, B2 really kind of fits that, finds that like nice middle ground of like cost to performance that uh, if you, as you're, again, data is not going down for anybody. So you really want to find a storage vendor that you feel like you can grow with and is going to grow with you affordably. Right. No, that's, that's totally true. And, and you know, Fellowship is a, is, is a great example because uh, they originally were using us for backup. You know, they had, um, they were filming all of their sermons and uh, with, you know, uh, with broadcast quality, you know, cameras and production, as, as you said, uh, and they wanted to just simply have that backed up. Uh, but it, it, but during the pandemic, uh, you know, organizations like Fellowship started to put their sermons online and that required a different type of environment, right? Because not only were you putting the content online to keep it backed up, but a version of that content was also being distributed, right? And the, and what they were finding um, uh, was that uh, the, the folks who were viewing this content weren't just part of their community, right? They were getting views from all over the world. And so, uh, you know, that really opened up their ability to, you know, look at, uh, you know, the way that they were servicing their community, uh, because now all of a sudden, you know, they're, uh, you know, certainly popular, popular sermons uh, were circulating much, much more broadly than, than, uh, uh, than previous. Well, and that really kind of plays into your two integrations with the the major CDM providers, Cloudflare, Cloudflare and Fastly. And because again, it again kind of goes back to the theme, I think, of this discussion is like the there is no single like you, there's no single vendor you can do with all this. Like, you know, you need pieces of various companies' expertise to make some of this video distribution work. Because again, distributing video content on demand, fairly solved problem. Distributing audio content, uh, on demand, solve problem. Doing video that at the level of production that most people are doing it today uh, synchronously is, is very, very difficult. And it, it is not an easy problem to scale with. And so you need like various vendors to work together. And so, uh, and again, the fact that you, you all integrate tightly with Cloudflare and Fastly, I think really st- kind of emphasizes that B2 is this open provider in this multi-cloud world. Like it's not like saying, bring everything to B2. It's, Hey, bring it to B2. Cause we're going to help you with everything else. We're going to integrate in tightly with these other vendors. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the, uh, and, you know, best of breed vendors like Cloudflare and Fastly also have a very similar ethos to us in terms of the uh, capabilities, the complexity is, you know, is, is low. Uh, and you know it, it makes for using platforms like Backblaze and and theirs to solve some of these hard problems, even for the smallest organizations, relatively easy. Um, and the other the other thing about uh, using vendors like Backblaze and Cloudflare and comparing them and contrasting them with uh, you know let's say uh, Google or, or Amazon is that um, our businesses right, a Vulture, 
Backblaze, Cloudflare, Fastly. We won't compete with our customers. You know, one of one of our um, one of our uh, 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 customers is a uh, gaming provider, and they basically allow for customers to host games uh, on their uh, on their platform. And you know, one of the reasons they switched over from Amazon was because Amazon was getting into that business, right? And you know, the the uh, and as, as soon as that, as soon as that happened, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, they're looking at what they do with them and saying, do I really want to send my money to what is probably going to become one of my biggest competitors? Uh, and, you know, and, and you know, that, uh, you know, choose, choosing vendors that you can trust, not only to help you provide the infrastructure, help you provide infrastructure that you're going to use for your service, but also trust that aren't going to then later become competitors is really critical, especially uh, for smaller vendors. I agree with that. I agree with that. And you, you really come to Backblaze and you're saying like we do want a big tech alternative. And, and I, and I think there's, I think there's like, I think there's use cases for all of them. I think there's times to use Azure, times to use Google, times to use uh, Amazon, times to use, times to use Backblaze. Like, I think that's where, again, you want to come to a vendor that like really exists in a multi-cloud world. It's not honestly trying to do everything for you, but they're saying, Hey, this aspect of your business, like we're going to do that well. We're going to help you with that. We have the expertise to that. Um, and, and again, you you guys are a much smaller company, but in a good way, where there is that little bit more level of they they're very Backblaze is very concerned about how your business operates versus just being your storage vendor. Um, and, and I think and again, you guys are you know again you you really do well in the in the consumer space, but then your business data your business experience just keeps getting better because you're really taking that consumer experience and you're bringing it to the enterprise. Uh, where again, it's it's just a different environment. Yeah, absolutely, and and also, you know, uh, we didn't touch on this, but our, our company was started back in 2007, right? So we've been in business for a long time. We have, you know, over an exabyte of data under management. We have half a million customers that are using our service across 175 different countries. So, you know, even though we are definitely smaller than Amazon, right? No one doubts that. Uh, it, the the scale of our business uh, and the fact that we've been around for a long time and the fact that we've done a lot of things that, uh, you know, that help of the community uh, of uh, kind of storage professionals and storage advocates over over the years, um, you know, also helps build up that trust. Well, and, and as we as we wrap up, I just want to make one more kind of pitch on if you're if you're not using Backblaze V2 for, for backup, um, I, I think one of the things you just continually hear about is ransomware, where it's like the, your, your, your backups, your, everything is like hooked into ransomware. And that's where it's like, it is worth on your servers, your critical servers to be using a V2 backup plan uh, as, as a fail safe to kind of a ransomware environment. Uh, get that, get that data out of your data center, get it into a one-way sync um, that Backblaze is going to have. And if you need it, you're going to be able to get access to it. So um, if you hear nothing else in this podcast, you're one of your best defenses against ransomware is getting uh, your critical data into Backblaze's environment. Yeah, Bradley, you couldn't, I, I couldn't have said that better. Uh, you know, the, r- ransomware uh, is one of those kind of uh, scourges on society that, uh, that, you know, we all have to protect against and backup seems to be the best way to ensure you don't have to pay the ransom. Uh, and because of that, a lot of the ransomware criminals are a- actually targeting backups. And so one of the things that we introduced uh, about a year ago and the, that a number of our backup partners now support is something that's called uh, 
right. clock, which essentially when you upload some data to, to Backblaze B2, you can set a date that the data cannot be deleted before. And the backup tools will consistently push that date into the future as your uh, as, as the backups run, say, on a daily basis. And that, provi- that provides a level of protection that, frankly, doesn't really exist in kind of the backup world. You know, if a, if a criminal is able to get to into your network, is able to get into your backup, and frankly, is able to get into your Backblaze account, perhaps, you know, you've saved usernames and passwords in your browser or something of that nature, uh, they still cannot delete data that's object locked because of that uh, because of that uh, that capability. So uh, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Your listeners should be looking for ways to protect themselves using technology like that. I'm going to put a link in our show notes. Uh, you all had a really good blog post earlier in September on the true cost of ransomware, and I thought it was really I'd, I'd already read it. It was really really interesting, and I think it's just. Um, you know, our listeners should be, again, if you're in an environment where you have to manage manage data for, for your company, uh, check that out. And again, if you don't have kind of uh, something in place to deal with ransomware, not just backups, but to deal with ransomware specifically, check out this article. Which I thought it was really good. Kind of can give you some good pointers, things to think about. And then honestly, things to help in your 2022 uh, InfoSec uh, budget planning, because that's all, obviously, everybody's starting to do budget planning for next year, um, depending on when your fiscal year starts. And that's something you really need to start considering because it is it is hot in the news. It's, it seems like it's happening every other week now. So, you know, Some big enterprises got a ransomware issue, and it's much easier to deal with it on the front end than it is to deal with it on the back end. Because I promise you, what it would take to get your data into B2, you would pay that times three to deal with ransomware. And so it's better to deal with it on the front end and, and, and be secured, your customer's data secure, your data secured. Um, it's just, there's no reason not to deal with it. So, uh, Nile, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, again, we'll have all the links into the show notes about everything with uh, Backblaze's new uh, new integrations and, and kind of how B2 works. And again, if you're not using it personally, get back get Backblaze on your Mac. It is the best value you'll spend. Uh, I promise you, I've got all of my data, everything, even things I have in iCloud that are backed up in iCloud, that's a two-way sync. So if somehow somebody deleted something out, you know, out of my iCloud, somebody deleted my personal photos off my iPad, it was synced everywhere. I have a copy downloaded locally on my Mac and it is synced up to Backblaze and I know it's always going to be taken care of. So again, Neelag, thanks for coming on the show and we'll talk again soon.